Genesis 26. So there was another famine in the land. And that's immediately when I thought to myself, there's going to be a lot of parallels here, aren't there? And there are. So there was another famine in the land, and it clarifies, in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. And at this point, Abraham is already dead. So this other ha famine happens. And Isaac went up to Abimelech, who is the local king there. And, um, and he goes to Gerar. So he's, he's, he traveled a little bit further away with Abraham uh, much earlier. And then he kind of travels back to that king. Because in times of famine, you go to the kings because they have been collecting taxes. So they're expected to provide in times of difficulty like this. So they go to that king uh, because the Lord had appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. Which is interesting because I'm also, I'm thinking back to when Abraham went down to Egypt, but I'm also thinking forward to how they end up in Egypt. And that actually happens um, during his son's life, lifetime, Jacob. So, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll probably follow those parallels when I get there because I don't want to, I want to make sure it's fresh on my mind when I'm looking over it. So it says, do not go down to Egypt. So let's, he doesn't. He obeys. And he sticks around in, in the land of Abimelech. And now this Abimelech is the same king that Abraham went and lived around. And he grew his flocks and herds. Remember, this is the same guy who uh, took Sarah but, um, and had her there for a while before he realized that all of the women and all of his, you know, all of his concubines and, and his wives were barren. Uh, because of this, and he didn't sleep with her. Um, God warned him in a dream, and he returned her, and he was like, whoa, you guys are, you guys are crazy. You guys are too much. Um, here's a bunch of stuff. Here's a bunch of money. Um, and then they made a deal, and they, uh, and then Abraham had him, like, take some extra lamb to say that, you know, this, this uh, one particular well that we've been fighting over, it's actually mine. That same guy. That's this guy. So, when the men of the place asked about his wife, and this is Isaac, Isaac's wife, he said, she is my sister. Because he was afraid of the people. And she is beautiful. So that's like right out of the playbook of Abraham. The difference is that Abraham's wife, Sarah, actually was his sister, his half-sister. So, here... Isaac is just flat out not telling the truth. I don't know how many details he knew, but he definitely got this from his father. Uh, and so he tells everybody that's his sister. And then Abimelech, who's been tricked before by this same, by this guy's dad, he looks down from a window and he was surprised to see Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. And so he called him in. And said, so, she really is your wife. It's like he was suspecting all along. Like, aha, I got you. Um, how could you say that she is my sister? And when, when he asked the same question of Abraham, Abraham responded with, well, technically, she is my sister. Here, they, like, Isaac doesn't even hide. He's like, because I thought I might die because she's pretty. Like, that's, 
<laughs> uh, so Abimelech makes an announcement, tells everybody, says, all right, everybody just steer clear because these guys, uh, if you mess with them, we're going to be in trouble. They're going to, everything's going to be messed up. Don't just, don't mess with them. And then there's some conflict over some wells, which is, you know, that's happened before. Uh, and this happens right after Isaac starts planting grain for the first time. So he sows seed in the land, in, in that land. He, you know, he's in the fields earlier, so I assume he has fields. So he plants in the land and he reaps a hundred times what was sown. So I get that, that phrase makes me think forward to um, the parable of the sower that Jesus talks about. And he says that the, the seed that falls on good soil uh, will reap a harvest 30, 60, 100, or I think it's 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. And here it says that he, he planted and he reaped 100 times what was sown, which is like the max blessing, the max amount of return on, out of those, those three options that Jesus gave. And so the Lord blessed him. And he became rich, even richer than he was already. Now keep in mind, he ha he has all of Abraham's stuff, so he's already quite rich. And then the Philistines got jealous, and so they started stopping up all the all of his um, all of Abraham's wells with dirt, which actually goes right up against the uh, the agreement that Abimelech the king had made with uh, Abraham that those wells were his wells. And then Abimelech said, please leave. You guys are too powerful and our people are fighting. Please go. And that's actually also a very tight parallel with when Abraham and Lot just got to be too much and their servants started fighting over the wells. And so Abraham said to Lot, please leave. We're, we're too big to be together. Let's separate ways, but also in a nonviolent way. And so they did. And Isaac dug a well and there was fighting and he dug another well, and there was fighting, and he dug another well, and there was finally peace. And so there was an open space, and he named it Open Spaces, for the Lord has made room for me, and we will be fruitful in the land. And then, um, and then God spoke to him. He went up to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant Abraham. This is actually the second time in this chapter that God speaks to him directly. So earlier, the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. And here he appears to him a second time. And so because the Lord appeared to him, he built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. And he pitched his tent and he had his slaves dig another well. He's digging a lot of wells. And then Abimelech came. So he, he had moved over there with Abimelech. Um, the famine ended. Things were going really well. He was asked to leave, and so he left. And then Abimelech came to him, and he brought with him his military commander and his advisor, which were hanging out with him before, too. These guys, these guys are the same guys that came to make the deal with Abraham. And they said, uh, we have clearly seen how the Lord has been with you. So uh, we think that we should make a deal with you, too. And it's very, very much in parallel with the, we saw you, we see God's blessing you. We want to make a deal with you so you don't attack us. That he made with Abraham. And so they prepare, 
prepared a banquet, and they ate and drank, and in the morning they got up and they swore oaths to each other. And that same day, when this entourage was leaving, his servants ran up and said, Hey, that well that we were digging, uh, it has water. And so he called it Oath, um, which is Beersheba. Because on that day, they had they completed an oath. Which is confusing, because I thought they were already at Beersheba. From there, he went up to Beersheba in verse 23. The Lord appeared to him. He dug a well there. Then Abimelech came, prepared a banquet. And then I guess they found water in that same well that they were digging. But they were already in Beersheba, and then he named it Beersheba. And the reason why I find that interesting is because if you go back a couple of chapters, or a couple of chapters, chapter 21, when they make the covenant, um, here we go, verse 31. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba, because it was there that the two men swore an oath. So when, when Abimelech and Abraham make an oath, they name this place Beersheba. And then Isaac went back to that same place, started digging a well. They made an agreement with the same king. One generate, you know, like the same king making a deal with the son. He finds water because that's, I don't know, there's water in the area. There was already a well there. Maybe he was undigging the well. I don't know. It's, it's very, very parallel back and forth. It's even the same king and the same advisor and the same military commander. And then it's got this little footnote. It's a little two verses. When Esau was 40, which is the same age that Isaac was when he got married, he took his wife's uh, Judith, daughter of Biri, and the, uh, the Hittite, and Basimoth, daughter of uh, Elon the Hittite. Or Elon? They made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So this is this this is the impulsive I mean the the small glimpse we have into Esau is that he's impulsive and disrespectful and uh but powerful. And um he's a great hunter, so he was probably very respected by all of his peers. And he took two Hittite wives and they made they made life very bitter for his parents. And here we don't see what happened to um, Jacob, but we'll get there. I think that's just really good setup for what's happening next. I mean, for the rest of everything, is Esau. Esau is very much a Cain figure, and Cain and Abel. There's these two brothers, and one of them allows sin to take over in their lives and allows uh, wildness and, uh, and impulsivity and they shun self-discipline and God warns them and tells them the way to go and they ignore it because they, they feel like they know better. And that, that describes me sometimes. I, I think I know better. And I think I know what is, you know, better for my life. But God knows, and God has given direction, a lot of direction, and in, in how we should live. Not necessarily exactly what to do when. He doesn't lay that all of that out. He wants it to be an adventure and a and a journey of um, of obedience and 
and part of obedience is doing things when we don't know what the outcome is. And so God made it very clear not to intermarry with the people in that land. And if they were going to follow the example of their father and their father Isaac and his father Abraham, then Esau would have sought out a wife from those clans somewhere, would have gone to Uz, would have gone to uh, Haran. But he didn't. He was impulsive and he did what he thought was best. So, yeah, a bunch of other you know observations. This is, Isaac continued to find peace. He, he searched for peace. He didn't stop and have war with Abimelech. He could have. He probably could have won. He was with, God was with him, so he certainly would have won. But he didn't. He moved on, he dug another well. And he moved on, and he dug another well. And he didn't dig another well because he didn't find water. He dug another well because there was conflict and fighting, and he, he didn't want to have a part of that. He kept moving until there were open spaces. And he could see God's work there. And so he stayed, and he worked hard, dug wells, planted seed, he worked hard, and God blessed him through that. Let us do the same.